Alright, what's up team? We're back uh, with uh, our widely anticipated best music of 2022 episode. It's being recorded on Friday, January 13th, 2023. Oh my god, Friday the 13th? Yeah, there's going to be a Friday the 13th in October too. No, that's fun. That's crazy. No, that's fun. Um, but what isn't bad luck is some of this music that we're going to be talking about. Okay. I think 2022 is a very good year for music, a really good year for music, actually. Probably the best of the decade so far of the 2020s. Three years. Um, there was a lot of awesome shit that came out this year. That had me snapping my fingers and bobbing my head on the bus. Hey, even if it wasn't the best, it still got a medal. Because there's only three years. Oh, yeah, true. In the decade. At worst, it's three medals that are handed out at competitions, Mm -hmm. generally. And that's that's correct. Mm -hmm. Just thought I'd put that in perspective. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I I think we all do, actually. Um... Okay. How do we start these things? We usually start with, like, song, right? Because we don't... Jesus Christ. <laughs> we don't have, like, a list for songs. We just are like, hey, this, I think this is, like, the best song of the year. Let's save that for the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> suggestion. I'm, I will abide with it, but... Okay. Okay, so we're gonna just get in here then, unless you have anything to add. Um, no, I think that I'm... Here, here's the thing: is I'm really curious what Jake has to offer on this episode. <laughs> because okay. Because he, <laughs> <laughs> he largely seemed uninterested with any music that did not come from the hand of Bob Dylan. Well, in this in the previous calendar year, so yeah, who did not have any music? come out last year no we didn't which is shocking so i'm i have really no clue where he's gonna go with anything he says there might be some surprises um in store so uh generally do we do you have any sort of organization for this we did top tens for movies i have a list of 10 albums oh man (laughs) and it was hard to cut it down Okay, <laughs> no, enough. <laughs> I think I can furnish five. Okay, we'll take that. So I'll do, I'll do two of mine, and you do one of yours. Then. That sounds acceptable to me. Okay, well let's get into it. I haven't eaten yet, so we're burning daylight. I have fuck off. Oh my god, Evernote. Um, I have a number These of are Apple Notes. What? Evernote's what? better though. Um. I have a number of shout-outs to make. Uh, you know what? I do, too. <laughs> Jake has albums that he's going to shout-out, presumably for their quality, but that he couldn't include on a bigger <laughs> list. <laughs> well, sometimes that's not... You know, even if the the ultimate selection is small, then... uh. It's well curated. Okay. Sure. Go ahead with yours first. Oh, fuck off. 
<laughs> I was hoping to maybe like buy a little bit of time. Okay. Okay. No. 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 I got one. I got one. <laughs> okay. Um. So returning to an old favorite is uh my two thousand. If I mean long time listeners will probably spark some dim memory. My twenty twenty album of the year. Every Bad by Porridge Radio. That's right. They put out a new album this year. It's not as good, I don't think. But I agree. I will also offer the caveat. Okay, so should I have put it on my list then? Smart guy. <laughs> this guy agrees with me. Um, caveat, I'll say, is that when I first listened to Every Bad back in 2020, first time, didn't really leave an impression on me. But it it grew in my in my fucking uh, like neurons and shit, it's and eventually group. became my favorite at the time. Um, so far, this new album, which is titled something kind of annoying, "Water Slide Diving Board Ladder to the Sky," it has not had the same sort of festering effect um, that that first album had. You gotta knock this shit off. <laughs> Um, sorry, everybody. Are we still recording? <laughs> yes, we're recording. Wow, what was that? Five and a half minutes in. Yeah, so this new album has not, you know, lingered in my mind a whole lot, but, you know, maybe it will. Eventually. I'm with you there. Pretty much beat for beat. Every Bad was right a on. very good album, and this one is not as good, but still enjoyable. They're still a cool band. I'm still interested in what they have to do. Alright, any others? Uh, you know, another old favorite, Destroyer. I think, uh, Ooh, yeah. they put out a new album this year, I listened to it, I liked it. Um, wasn't, you know, didn't really, you know, shake the, shake the table, I guess. That's the same. As a, as, a, as they say. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. With you there, as well. <sighs> and I think that's about it on my shout outs for shout outs looking at uh the soundtrack album for stars at noon by tinder sticks is really good i've but recently weirdly discovered tinder sticks they're they're a weird band but they're kind of cool really good they're kind of cool um okay well some of they're my fucking three yeah nice hey pretty good some of my shout outs are Shout out to Dawn FM by The Weeknd. Did you ever listen to this? No. It's really good. It's the one where he looks old on the cover. Uh-huh. Right? It's the one that has Jim Carrey as, like, the the radio station, like, trapped in purgatory. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, like, part of the deal. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a really good album. <laughs> uh, shout out to Sick by Earl Sweatshirt. This one was uh, on my top ten for most of the year, I would say. Did not make it to the final cut. But Earl, one of the best in the game still. Once Twice Melody by Beach House. Uh, I I wow. was at their uh, show that kicked off their tour for this in, here in Pittsburgh. And they were fantastic. I'm a big Beach House head for long-time listeners who know that. And this album was great, I thought. Um, very big. They released it, interestingly, too, with, like, four song increments like month to month until it was finally uh released which was an interesting tragedy 
great stuff on it though also shout out to the album muna by muna m-u-n-a i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right really good little pop album like that one a lot shout out to oh, we get it. god's country by chat pile probably the scariest music i listened to all year in a good way reminded me of smidgen of that daughter's album from a few years ago whatever that one's fucking called what is that one called uh don't know you know what i'm talking about though yeah i do i'm gonna look that up uh that yeah that's a great album you won't get what you want by daughters um god's country very scary album about uh mm. makes you feel like uh the world has already ended and you're just kind of there in it and full of murder and uh slaughterhouses the first song is really gnarly with that um mass shootings serial killers the song ends uh or the album ends on a song called grimace smoking weed that's about having a uh hallucinate uh, like a schizo hallucination on drugs where a big purple demon is telling you to kill yourself and you do um it's uh, it's intense music but it's very good i think excited to see what they do and i think that's my last shout out yeah okay so let's get into it let's get in my oh god i would i would be remiss the the full the full throated shout out that I have to make because technically it is number eleven on my rankings right now. Of course, these rankings are not set in stone. This is all fluid over time. But right now, it's just barely missed the cut, and so I have to shout it out. It is God Save the Animals by Alex G. Philadelphia's own Alex G, whom I love deeply. I love his music. God Save the Animals is an awesome album. And just barely did not get in. But you might hear 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 more from it later. So stay tuned on that. Um What are you dealing with over there? I don't remember what's in my top five. <laughs> okay. I've had three of them. <laughs> I just had the fourth one, and it's gone now. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Well, I will get started here, and I'll let you figure that out. Okay. Before we kick it over to you. My number uh, 10 album of 2022 is Fall in Love, Not in Line by the band Kids on a Crime Spree. Now, you may be like, who the fuck is that? And that's a valid question, because they have just over 2,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, this album is awesome, though. Their last thing they came out with was actually in 2011, the album We Love You So Bad. Um, so for whatever reason, they took a pretty long hiatus. They came back with this awesome, like, super, like, uh, concentrated little pop, not quite punk, closer to, like, Velvet Underground style, like, rock mixed with like a lot of like these really nice like pop sensibilities and melodies and I just remember my fourth one. 
and it's awesome. It is an awesome album uh, that totally came out of nowhere. I saw it, I discovered this group by following a, an Instagram page that recreates album covers with Legos. And they recreated the cover of Fall in Love, Not in Line, which is just three women's heads. And in the caption, they said, this is like my favorite album of the year. And I was like, oh, I never... It's my favorite album of the year. And I was like, oh, I never never heard of this group. So I checked it out and immediately fell in love with it. It is a fantastic album. Great little pop gem that deserves to be listened to. I will play a little snippet of two of their songs off of it. The first two songs. First one is Carl... I'm playing the or snippets off of an iPad next to the phone on the table, so I don't know how this is going to sound to anybody, but... You know, we do this every year, so whatever. Um, so I'll play a little snippet of a couple of their songs. It's very good stuff. First one is Carl Cardell Building. second song my favorite off of the album is called when can i see you again good stuff really just barely beat out alex g but try harder next time alex maybe you'll beat kids on a crime spree alex g is so weirdly christian he's not it feels like it it does doesn't it yeah but he's not okay how do you know i know a lot about alex g okay keep that to yourself all right number nine on my list oxy music by alex cameron this album is awesome. My f- Hey, this favorite? is one I listen to. Hey, is it on your list? Uh, debatably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting answer. Um, I, we talked about, we've talked about Alex G before, or not, fuck, Alex Cameron before. Yes, um, we did. His previous album, what was it, Miami Memory? Yep. Uh, was on one of Jake's lists a few years ago. Yeah, good album. Great good, album. really great album. That actually, that one has grown in my opinion since then. Um, in part because I listened to a, a lot of Alex Cameron whenever Oxy Music came out. 
Oxy Music is his follow-up to My Memory. I think it's my favorite front-to-back work that he's ever done. Um, it's sort of... Alex Cameron is sort of known for playing these, like, really sort of just awful characters <laughs> in his music. Awful as in, like, terrible people. Terrible men. Like, just absolute shitheads of all stripes. Um, and the questions about Alex Cameron have always sort of been like, okay, like, at what point, like, does this shtick do anything to you anymore? Like, are you, are you into the, like, can you get past the irony of it all to, like, actually understand, like, why the music is good? And for some people, understandably, it's like, no, this dude's just fucking annoying and, like, I don't fuck with it. I don't know, man. I, I think it's, I think it rocks. I think it's great, too. I like it a lot. But Oxy Music, I think, is as earnest music as he's ever made. I, I completely fucking disagree. It, that's interesting. Okay, but hold that thought. <laughs> because I assume, I, based on what you said, it sounds like this is coming up for you in some fashion. Uh, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um Because this is ostensibly an album that where Alex Cameron tries to not a, I don't want to say address as if he's like a figure of like stature or like social importance but like where he sort of takes makes observations about like the um opioid epidemic in the United States um hence oxy music also reference to roxy music folks um yeah keep up but he has a number of songs here that are, like, very specifically about, like, addiction and very specific types of addiction. Uh, the song Hold the Line, great song, one of my favorites of the album. Uh, Breakdown, Dead Eyes, and the last one is titled Oxy Music, um, just for example. Um, but those songs, for the most part, he sort of... He still is operating fully in his character of whatever that may be in any given moment with any amount of sincerity you may choose to be reading into it. But for the most part, I think for the subject matter, he takes a significantly less glib approach than he has in the past with his previous ones. Like Miami Memory deals a lot with like relationships with women of like women as sex workers. There's the divorce song the stepdad song like there's which all of them pretty fucking great um but a lot of them play into like really heightened characters and um experiences that like generally sort of schlubby shitty men would have and believe this one kind of takes a more reserved in that direction like he's not playing these like strung out pill heads um, or if he is, then there's, like, some, like, sort of real kind of sadness there that is not really present there in his previous work. I listened to this album a ton when it came out. It was, I am surprised it was not among my most listened at the end of the year because this was, like, on repeat for me a lot. Because he's a damn good pop songwriter as well. The There are a number of songs here that are like just fucking earworms like k-hole i love k-hole sarah joe amazing song the one song that absolutely fucking sucks is 
cancel culture. <laughs> which no, is, that's so funny. No, that song sucks so bad. No, it does. I literally like you know how you can like hide a song on like a playlist or like an album or whatever on Spotify, so it just just never plays. I did that like I listened to that song like twice and hit it and never looked back. That, album, that song's funny. No, I mean. It's maybe funny, but it just kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> the rest of it, though, is so good. Like, the re- is so fucking good and, like, really tightly focused. And generally, I mean, his songwriting is as sharp as it's ever been, melodically speaking. I especially love the last song a lot, Oxy Music. He's got it, man. He's a great songwriter. And uh, this is probably my favorite work of his. Yeah, well, coming in at number five... Is Oxy Music by Alex Cameron. <laughs> Alright, it seemed like a lot of indecision on that. <laughs> well, it was decided mere moments ago. <laughs> okay. Um, I disagree with the assertion that this is, like, uh, I don't know, like, I'm, I, you know, I listened to this once uh, in the past week and did not listen to any of the songs again. <laughs> Certainly less than you did throughout the previous... Jesus, this came out in March. Yeah, Fucking right. Almost a year now of having this album out. Um, so, you know, ultimately I'll probably just end up deferring interpretations here because I just have less to work with. But w- while I was listening to this, and I had in mind Miami Memory, which was, in my estimation, easily the most sincere album that he's or collection of songs i guess rather that cameron has put out um which i personally love the like shitty like character like role-playing stuff that he does in his previous albums and i think that this one you know i wasn't fucking like pouring over the lyric sheets on like genius or whatever but I I did I feel like I picked up a narrative here in this album of him just like focusing in on this like like drug dealing character like this pill pusher and I feel like all of the songs are kind of follow it's almost like it feels almost like a concept album I would not disagree ab- with that. about just like Alex Cameron playing this you know narcotics pusher um so in that in like in that way then obviously he is not selling pills and shit with designer drugs in real life maybe he is but not professionally not (laughs) not publicly yeah um so it felt to me like a sort of return to because i was a little worried starting this up after miami memory i was like okay miami memory was more of a you know great album but i don't know if i necessarily want him to pivot entirely to these more diaristic traditional songwriting tendencies right i i think this is a good diversion or a good digression but i do kind of want to see him work more in this like character drawing you know uh ironic fashion that he's established for himself i think oxy music is essentially a return to that form um i don't think that means that it's insincere though is what i would say 
because I think ultimately he's this is probably the most sympathetic I've ever heard Alex Cameron. I don't know. Miami music is like a wife album. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, but there's a lot of like. <laughs> oh, I mean, this the I guess sympathetic in you know what sense because like he's always the target of his, like of his own sort of jokes in his music when he's when he's doing in this like songwriter mode right like he so certainly if he's positioning himself as like this drug dealer type or drug addict sort of bad influence on others type in oxy music then like he's not he's like essentially making himself the butt of the joke more often than not and like he is in whatever his first two albums are called i forget um jump the shark or something like that is the first one no i think that's a song on it but oh, I, I think you're right called. yeah but anyway like that that's always been like like i guess sympathy is sort of a moot point here because whenever you can detect him entering this kind of ironic character-based songwriting mode like he's never the subject of sympathy um So, but like in that way, then it is you know dealing appropriately, I guess, with a sort of subject like widespread drug addiction and how that ends up happening, especially for you know the more I guess I want I want to say like show businessy end of things like performers and actors and singers and things which i feel like is kind of the subject of this album but i will play i want to hit the chorus of this song hold the line because i think this is a as uh as like borderline sad (laughs) as alex cameron has ever sort of sounded um because he really is, like, if you're not familiar with him, like, he is really just operating always at this, like, like, ten fucking removes from, like, any sort of, like, uh, reasonable, like, emotion, <laughs> emotional register, um, which works for me. I, I appreciate it. But Hold the Line, the chorus specifically, is really sort of very surprisingly, like, I think, uh, I don't know, kind of kind of gets me a little bit. Try to skip ahead to find it. Mama said, Don't you touch that jump, even though it feels good. Don't know what's after touch. Our sweet parents love us because they don't see us. What is it? Our sweet parents love us because they don't see us. The bags around our eyes and the bruises on our thighs. 
No one knows you're hurting till you start to cry. Very, I don't know, sad stuff there, kind of. <laughs> Wrapped in a song sort of about, a, I read the song as like sort of a euphoria type of situation of like a sort of kid getting scored in pills or whatever. Um, no, yeah, and then uh, K-Hole is like one of my favorite songs he's ever made. I don't know about you, I it just, it's about ketamine, as you can probably guess. That's such a great fucking, <laughs> like, guitar line. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? song dude but only room for one in a k-hole yeah but again like <laughs> making a song with that chorus is like like we're not entirely on a completely sincere register right i yeah i would agree i think that's one of the like shockier ones on, i know yeah it's like on the album it's r&b I, fucking like god it sounds so good though <laughs> <laughs> he's unbelievable okay all right, so my number eight, then, is... I sort of cheated here, I guess. But they, they, they're a pairing. It's the album 10 by Westside Gun and the album God Don't Make Mistakes by Conway the Machine. We have a Griselda double feature here occupying number eight. I included wow. them together because they sort of are a pairing in my head. Um, Griselda made up of quite a few rappers at this point. But sort of initially was a trio of West Side Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Conway the Machine. All based out of, grew up in Buffalo, came from that sort of area. Um, they have their own sort of thing going on, man, for the past couple of years, probably the past like 10 years at this point, that I fuck heavily with. There's very super like sample based um, production uh, over like. I would call it, I don't even know, like, glamour and guns type of, like, rap. Um, like, they are, they have their own fucking brand going on, and this year was fantastic for Griselda. Benny the Butcher even had an album that came out early in, like, February. That was really good. And Westside had a couple other projects that even came out this year. Um, Ten, though, is the tenth and final installment in the Hitler Wears Hermes, uh, series of mixtapes that Westside Gun's been working on since like early 2010s um and that's sort of that's Hitler Wears Hermes was sort of how Westside made his name and sort of built up this styling and this brand of Griselda and 10 is my favorite one in the whole series I haven't listened to all of them but I've listened to a good amount 10 is awesome though 10 is fucking fantastic it is a lot more like 
I guess what I like about it is, and what I really appreciate about Westside Gun is that he is a very collaborative artist where he he has a great curatorial sort of ear for other rappers and artists who work would work well with him. Um, and that may vary from, you see fucking Ghostface and Busta Rhymes on the same song on 10, and you have an earlier song where, like, DJ Drama, like, has, like, uh, an extended sort of, like, bit, and they both work, and he is able to adapt himself as a, as an MC to, like, whoever he's working with, and there's something, there's just something about fucking Griselda-like production that, like, scratches some part of my brain that like a lot of rap recently has not been and uh god don't make mistakes by conway as well is also just an excellent sort of like top class performance from him um it's easily my favorite conway project ever and sort of just he brings like a sort of harder edge to griselda west side is a lot more (laughs) concerned with like you know, I mean, Hitler wears air mates. So like, like, it's like, he's sort of there. He's, he's sort of a Hitler. fashion bro at the end of the day. Like, he he loves his Balenciaga and whatnot. Um, Conway is a lot more, has a harder edge, I guess. But uh, God Don't Make Mistakes is fantastic. I will just play a little bit of the last song on 10. Because the I love the fucking production on this. This is one of my favorite beats they've ever made. It's a very long. It's a long song. It has like it features like five fucking people, um, but it's a great closeout because it features like the whole Griselda gang. Like it features Westside, Benny, um, Stove God Cooks, um, a bunch of other like frequent collaborators of them to sort of send out this this mixtape series. But so here's Red Death. And now, and now, and now, we've come to that time, to that time where the legend of Griselda right. lives forever. Look, you coming, nigga. Hey, yo, that nigga should know by now. The butcher! That nigga butcher. should know by now that Griselda's flag. Ah. I'm the biggest. Biggest! Yeah. I don't know nobody that's hungry. I don't know nobody that's humble. I don't know nobody that's fearless. With Tarzan, I could switch jungles. I don't know nobody that's gangster. I don't know nobody that's ready. Snap your chain off a rapper, bitch. I don't know nobody that's petty. This is where I take control of shit. This where I get to rap about sticks and how we rap bricks with petroleum. Clean strips like custodians. My rap sheet. It's just fucking nasty shit, man. Um, and the weird part is, like, Westside doesn't really feature super heavily on his own album. But, uh, I think it's it works totally fine without him playing, like, a central role. It's more about, you know, the the project that he's built sort of off of the back of Hitler wears air maze and, uh, the people that it's brought in. And, uh, it's awesome. My favorite rap of the year. Actually, let me double check that. I think it is. I think it's my favorite rap project. Of Let's the year. check the facts on that one. And Conway machines work obviously sort of fa- fits right in next to it. Um, yeah, it's my highest ranked rap of the year. So yeah, great stuff from Westside. My number seven album of the year is wet leg by the band wet leg i did not know this but apparently uh wet leg was a big buzz hype band heading into this year i'd never fucking heard of them until their debut came out um 
but they were apparently had a ton of hype coming around them uh as like oh here's like this fucking fun new like british like girl punk sort of deal um i don't really know who was hyping them up i think they're probably like industry plants actually <laughs> like i think there's okay there's probably a really good chance that they're just plants but i don't really care because like wet leg i think their their debut album is really really awesome and like just super super fun it's probably the most well look at the rest of what's going on here the most like pure just fun album uh on this list of mine i think because they're really i I don't know they they kind of nail this like uh disaffected um sort of cynical but also like really funny sort of tone of like the young 20 something uh girl in the world like um the song chase lounge is uh probably their most famous i think um but like it's really funny shit wet dream is like really funny your mom is like like a lot of their work is like really funny like cheeky sort of way um but also like they i think the music is like good too like it's not some meaningless like shit like they're they're having fun with their like with these riffs with their courses and everything like that like well that's nice it's it's a really good album i think um that sort of embodies this, like, there's... And this is going to show up, actually, quite a lot on the rest of this list, but there's a lot going on in, like, the British Isles music scene um, over the past years, and that has featured on our lists in the past. And we've talked about that before. But they bring a different energy. Like, you know, for what... Say what you will. They bring, like, a... It, it, it's been very male-dominated up until this point, I feel, um, with bands like Idols and squid and black midi and squid squid and fontaine's dc like these are all like groups that all consist of like men and wet leg kind of brings in a like good sort of you know feminine sort of like take on that stuff that is like welcome i think it offers a nice like sort of reprieve from that sort of male dominated scene right now even though i think all that music is like really good what's happening there Wet Leg is a nice uh, shake-up. And also, I think, currently, somehow, is the far and away the most popular of them all, which, again, plant. Yeah. Um, but, look. Sad to say. They make good music. So here's a bit of Chase Lounge uh, off of Wet Leg. Sitting down, you should be horizontal. 
believe my favorite on the album is Wet Dream, I think. Um, so I'll play a little bit of that as well. actually been in a no I, I almost guarantee it <laughs> well, maybe not with the lyrics then, but yeah um no they're really fun though and i really like that debut album a lot well congrats to them for being fun yeah number seven wet leg by wet leg i think it's number seven right i don't know yeah number seven wet leg by wet leg all right number four for me on my shorter list yep. and I do have this ready in Thank advance God. is uh, <laughs> the newest album by Mitski no way okay never mind <laughs> is that good is, uh, I'm hey, sorry that was a rude reaction <laughs> <laughs> okay go on I'm, continue I'm, look her feelings are not going to be hurt and mine are not hurt okay it's no wet leg but talk to me about it's it it's Mitski uh, Laurel Hell. This is the sixth album by Mitski, and uh, probably it's not my favorite Mitski album. I, I hate to qualify. You is know, it anybody's I, though? Probably. Not. I mean, like no, probably right. I not say that less out of in a disparaging way, but more "Be the Cowboy" is a fantastic album. Well, I mean, yeah, like you got uh, the album with the like window. I forget what it's called. Uh, make out at Berry Creek or bury me at Make Out Creek. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The title. Great album. Yeah, that's a great one. You got puberty puberty two, 2 and Be the Cowboy. What a run. Yeah, that's a fantastic trio. Uh, Moral Hell, sort of not quite on that level, but I think part of that is because this is a very, uh, this album is very ambivalent about even the prospect of making music anymore. Which I think is interesting. Working for the Knife is the lead single off of the album. Great song. Um, and is essentially, I mean, like, you know, the title sort of indicates it all, but it's essentially about, like, Mitski being like, yeah, I have, like, no ideas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm basically, I am making music essentially because I, like, have to make music, not necessarily because I'm feeling particularly inspired by anything which I think is uh, sort of a ballsy thing to just, like, make a make your weed single on your, like, new album about. Um, no, definitely. Mitski has always been sort of a more aloof type of character. I mean, you know, the, the industry plant allegations also extend to her, but, <laughs> but she, she has more than uh, sort of backed it up, I think, 
over the course Look, of... If she's a plant, that's fine. She's made some good music. Look, I mean, everybody gets their start somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Not even ironically. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> uh, this album sees her take more of a uh, fuck, mega... Damn it. I gotta wait six hours for this movie to finish downloading. Okay. Um, yeah, Laurel Hell here takes sees her go, go further away from the sort of indie, like, rock guitar music that sort of characterized her earlier stuff. Not her early, early stuff, but her, like, early mid stuff. Um, and continue along the path kind of set up by Be the Cowboy of more, like, pop-focused, synth-based, electronic, indie sound. Uh which I think she does well. Uh, it's not entirely the most groundbreaking thing to me anymore. I think I used to be more Look, a, receptive to that kind of style. But I think that, I think indie music as a whole, kind of on its way out. <laughs> indie sort of somewhere along the way. It's become very homogenized. Around the time of post-Currents uh, by Tame Impala. Indie music sort of pivoted into, like, disco and synth again. Yeah. And there's been some good stuff. There's been some great stuff. I can't wait as for it to be fucking over, man. As a Every result. album sounds the same. I mean, it kind of did before, though, just not this sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's but just kind of indie in general I as a genre. I think the difference is, maybe this is my own sort of uh, preoccupations, I guess. Previously, the the former styles of indie music highlighted songwriting a little clearer yeah, i think that cool. mitski is a great songwriter one of the best working today mm-hmm. but with the layers of production it, it can feel like it gets a little lost sometimes i would agree with that and i think that's my main criticism of laurel hell is like her previous work and especially be the cowboy is so like character centric and like character driven um from song to song in really like you know interesting ways and i think the music is pretty good on laurel hell for the most part there's some songs that i do really like um and i'm not opposed to the sort of disco synth indie wave but to me it was lacking in that sort of character focus that previous ones have been i don't i don't know if you would agree with that but i think i mean like mitski that's where sort of mitski you know, made her bread and butter. Her peak. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, you know, perfectly, like, tumblerable fucking lines about being, like, emo and sad and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is, like, still here a little bit. I think part of it is also that she's just, like, growing up more, getting older. Be the Cowboy is kind of reflecting on this in some ways as well of like i i have less time to just be like the emo like girl that everybody kind of feels sad for um she needs to get like divorced or something i think she needs to get married first (laughs) skip to maybe skip to step there just skip right to the tragedy mitski there's no indication on her wikipedia page that she is in any sort of serious relationship. So, fellas. Okay. I'm liking what I'm hearing. Hit that line. <laughs> Mitski, DM me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that this is, I mean, like, you know, this has been a lot of sort of lukewarm 
you know, takes on this album so far that I have ranked number four. But I think that it's ultimately super interesting as a kind of statement on sort of artistic, like, uh, inability to, like, continue, keep making it, like, the making things at, like, the pace that... Her writer's block album. Yeah, kind of. And I think that's fascinating. You don't really see a lot of people doing things like that these days. So, on top of just what, having some very, you know, listenable, good songs, yeah. Working for the Knife, again, great song. Definitely. Um, she hasn't lost that ability to make good songs. <laughs> uh, yes. So, yeah. I'm doing a quick search for writer's block albums. Um, I don't know if this is going to get me anything. <laughs> Self-Portrait by Bob Dylan. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's not gonna get me anything. That's just gonna be Peter Bjorn and John album called Writer's Block. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, are there any songs off of here that you want me to play any part of? Uh, you can play some Working for the Knife. Really weird drum beat there. Yeah. Like, that's sort of hard for my ear to, like, parse out. Like, what time are we in? I cry at the start of every movie. Because I wish I was making things too, but I'm working for the night. I used to think. Immediately, just does sort of start with a really interesting couplet there. I cry at the start of every movie, I guess, because I wish I was making things too. She's got it. She still has. We just gotta. I don't know. I I yeah. For Jake's number four, this I feel like is a far more negative discussion of the album than it needed to be. But That's fine. It's just that Mitski's capable of very, very, very good work. Look, it's uh, She's uh, uh more critical discussion is better than just no discussion that is true which i don't know which i think anything else basically would have probably been fostered there um i really like the song love me more and that's our lamp that's our lamp that's our lamp i'll play a little bit of love me more because i think that's probably the most like immediately listenable on the album it's sort of guitar there. like the flash dance sort of sound to it yeah i like it i fuck with it um see indie artists want to like want to take the sounds and the vibe of 80s like pop 
but they don't they don't bring like the corny with them. That's what they're missing. They should just do their own thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, now Jake, art is built upon itself. Okay, my number six album of the year is Most Normal by the band Gilla Band, formerly <laughs> known as Girl Band. <gasps> now we've talked about wow, Girl Band before. I remember that name. Yeah, we've talked about Girl Band before. I think a few years ago, I had their album The Talkies on my top 10 list. Girl Band is a noise rock uh, band from Ireland that emphasis on the noise there. They're very experimental, very <laughs> loud, industrial at times. Um, very experimental. Gotta emphasize that. Most Normal is their third uh lp yeah and it kind of came out of nowhere i was kind of not i did not really know that they were cooking something up for this year until sometime back in like september i was like hey let me check in on gillow band and i was like oh shit they've been releasing singles all year and their new album comes out in like two weeks so my lucky day it is a great album i think a totally great album that I I was uh, initially not excited for because I did not really fuck with their singles Eight Fivers or Backwash. I thought like, oh, this is like a weird sort of direction they're going in, like very sort of repetitive shit. And then mm. um in the context of the album I was like, oh, this fucking bangs actually. <laughs> like they still got it. The previous one from them the talkies dealt a ton with like mental illness um because their lead singer Dana Keeley, Dara Keeley, something like that, um, had a pretty um, well-documented sort of mental breakdown after their first album that resulted in years, a years-long hiatus as, as he sought, you know, mental health treatment and, you know, to get himself, piece himself back together to be making music again. And what resulted from that process was the talkies, which is a really fascinating I think, document of a sort of, like, a, a man's brain in crisis, uh, basically. Most Normal sort of continues with some of those themes, but it also just kind of, like, for, I would say, 11 of its 12 songs, sort of exists in, like, this less, uh, what do I want to say, dire state than the talkies did. The talkies you know, very serious, like, subject matter about a, a guy who basically was like, hey, I was fucking insane and, like, losing my mind. Like, I was cracked, like, in a really serious way. Um, Most Normal for 11 of its 12 songs, I would say, is operating in a, like, basically, like, just sort of absurdist um, register away from that seriousness about like these weird characters and weird like quirks about like the world of like bin liner fashion is about like a guy wearing like a garbage bags as like uh like on the runway um <laughs> among other things like there's like weird little moments like eight fivers has like some weird like little moments of like modern observation of like absurdism that are like really funny actually i think uh that i was not expecting from this band they they are capable of humor like they are not like fully like fucking dour um like some of their previous earlier songs are you know cheeky i would say 
but a lot of this operates at that sort of less serious register while still like being very experimental in sound very noisy and harsh most of the time but then the last song in the album hits and it's called post ryan um as if as in we are in a post ryan world <laughs> whoever ryan may be um and this is my favorite out song on the album by far one of my favorite songs of the year actually um that sort of brought that absurdism sort of bring, brings it crashing down sort of into reality um as Dara Keeley, can you look up actually the band real quick? I I, I don't want to keep saying his name wrong, <laughs> but as um, the lead singer sort of pushes aside that sort of absurd. Dara Keeley. Dara Keeley. Okay. Yeah. He sort of pushes aside the uh, that absurd sort of like observational songwriting that he's been using for the rest of the album to be like, "Hey, man, this shit's still bad." <laughs> Like, it sort of is, makes a very sobering sort of, like, closing statement. His chorus is, on post-Ryan is, I'm in between breakdowns constantly, in recovery, I'm in recovery. Um, I'm, in, I'm just the same prick, repeated over and over again. Um, along with a, a, a number of, like, their very, his very strange, like, lyrical, like, quirks. He, he has a... a, a and an ear i guess for like very strange phrases um this has been present throughout their their lifespan but on post ryan he's twins are just double use a kerfuffle <laughs> with the cycle twins are just double use i just like i just got that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um hanging up on the floor again overdosing chewing gum shouting dense via braille crushing the back home of a snail like very strange imagery he's working with all the time um but here it's in service of a sort of much more sobering uh acknowledgement of his ongoing mental health sort of struggles that he deals with that he sort of ends the album saying like inevitable depression when i do nothing which kind of puts the rest of the album into some really starker terms of this is not just like you know he hasn't brushed off any of that you know even though like it's 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 dark and it's funny and it still sounds uh hectic and chaotic most of the time but this is still more or less in service to some larger project of dark Healy reclaiming a sort of semblance of mental normalcy most normal um it's a great album front to back but it becomes a lot better in context of the final song and then going back and listening to it again and you know if this is a type this might be a type of music that somebody is just not into <laughs> at all like I, I, I don't blame them that's fine i personally i like loud music i like noise rock experimental stuff i i appreciate all that stuff and so i'm able to listen to an album like this and be like oh fuck yeah that banged so I'll play a little bit of Post Ryan, because also this one has some of the, my favorite instrumentation on it. They just knocked it out of the park with this last song, I swear. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, three, one second in. Oh, I love this. Just feed, <laughs> just pure feedback, basically. I will, I will scroll to a better. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Oh, sorry, let me go back a little bit. In recovery. I'm in recovery. I'm just a sitting critic. Also, I don't know who the hell produces these albums. I, they might be like self-produced by the band, but they do a, a unbelievable job in making it in any way legible. I'm just saying a prayer. I'm just saying. really great way to close it out and also yeah i don't know i couldn't sing for shit so i shout about crisps and i never take risks is like a really funny like but you know self scathing sort of like couple lines there um yeah most normal is a really great album that again sort of caught me by surprise even though i really love the band but uh yeah good shit once again from those irish lads and for my number five, we are not going much far, very far from their native Dublin. Number five is Hellfire by Black Midi. Uh, this came out this year, back in July. They're British. I know, they, they're in London. What are you suggesting there? That Ireland's not close to London? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Ireland is Ireland and Oh, England is England. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. And never the twain shall meet. Mm-hmm. Black Midi, our favorite little freaks from across the pond who make their weird little music that <laughs> is sort of continues to be unclassifiable. <laughs> but uh, they've really honed their craft on Hellfire, I think. I think this is my front-to-back favorite work of theirs. Um, it continues this sort of like style and the sort of musical interest that they've had um since the beginning of like you know experimentation and like these like you know they mess with song like how lyrics work with songs a lot of these songs basically are just uh the singer uh jordy gordy gordy greep what a what a name for the voice he has <laughs> what a name um gordy greep just sort of like telling like a short story over these like otherwise very complex and cacophonous like uh instrumentations which whenever i thought of it like that of like as opposed to like just thinking of like oh the songs have a verse a chorus a pre-chorus a bridge if you don't think of these songs in those terms and instead you just think of like gordy group telling you a story then it, it works a lot better i think because basically none of these have a chorus um there's like one that does um 
which you know for some people that's going to be like i'm not really into that like that's this sounds weird and like whatever not into it i personally i fuck with it heavily um i think it's cool and i think their songwriting I'll fuck with it heavily. has only gotten better since the beginning in the beginning they were a bit shaky but now they make like i think really fucking cool songs they use characters from one song on this album that like show up throughout multiple songs um private tristan bongo off of the song welcome to hell uh, which was their first single for this. He shows up later and a few different times. Uh, the song Eat Men Eat is like in the same uh, universe, I guess, as Diamond Hands off of their previous album, Cavalcade. Like they're, they're doing cool stuff with like songwriting and like universe building, which is like a weird thing to say about a band, I think. But it's it's cool. It's cool what they're doing. And I really like it. It doesn't always work for me. The song, The Race is About to Begin, is just a bit much. There's a, there's an extended, it's like a six or seven minute song, which is fine. I don't mind long songs, but there's an extended like part of it where Gordy Group is just, where they're just basically playing as fast as they can. And Gordy Group is just like spitting out fucking syllables, like 10 syllables a second and just trying to keep up. And it's a little much. I'm, I'm like, okay. Like, we didn't really need this. Like, if we could dial it, if Black Mini could just dial it back a little bit, that might be better for everybody because there's some moments on here where they do dial it back, and it's awesome. The Defense, one of my favorite songs they've ever done. Also, the only one with a chorus on this. The final song, 27 Questions, which is about a performer who, um, his whole shtick is he, he had, he's about to kill himself on stage, um, but he's answering these rhetorical questions from the, the crowd. Um, the like weird like country sort of twang of still like there's really great moments on here that like diversify the black midi sound a lot in a in a necessary way so that you're not just operating at like you know that constant sort of churning prog math rock shit and it's really good i think it's there also this was an amazing concert I, i did see them live perform some songs off of this back in october um it was a fantastic show. Uh, yeah, Hellfire, probably my favorite front-to-back Black Midi project so far. I was really excited for it to come out, and it mostly lived up to my expectations. I will play a little bit of The Defense, because that is one of the stranger, one of the more subdued works that they've done. But also, like, for what it's worth, I think some of the like little stories on here are like really fun. Like, Sugar Zoo is about like a futuristic like robot like boxing match where someone where a child assassin is like on the loose and causing mayhem like it's just like fun fun concepts that they're like writing around and i don't know i like it a lot the defense this is a song about um uh, a brothel basically Crowds form out doorways and the street lamps are lit. One of my disciples begins his wandering in the alleys, in the main streets. He searches for men, the very pathetic and lame. Is 
establishment he starts to cry I love that song a lot. Um, but also it sounds way different than the rest of their shit. Um, I've been saying um a lot for this one. Which is not a bad thing, because I, I love the Black Midi sound. That sort of character is, that characterizes them. But I do look for the moments where they, you know, shake it up on their albums. And they there wasn't enough of those on their last one, Cavalcade. Even though I really like Cavalcade. How about they speak fucking American mm-hmm. to shake it up? But I do have come to look for those moments where they're trying new shit. And they seem very willing to try new shit, which I appreciate a lot. And which continues to make them very exciting. Here's also, I want to play the beginning of Still, because I love this little like country shit that they do. Good song. Good song, good album. Love those boys. So excited to see where they go. They're still, like, younger than me. They haven't... They always will be. Yeah. (laughs) How crazy is that? Incredible stuff, though, that they are always putting out. Okay. Jake's number three. (gasps) All right. This one. The best album of 2022. What? Just kidding. But... What? You really had me there. Depending on a certain perspective, I guess, you could you could make the argument. It's Words and Music, May 1965 by Lou Reed. Oh. Okay. He didn't know what to fucking expect on that one. I didn't. I didn't know where you were going. This is an archival album. Words and Music by Lou Reed. Of Lou Reed's early... Uh, sort of professional song music making uh songwriting and shit we see some occasional collaborations of course with john kale uh i'm not sure i don't remember if that's like what constitutes the majority of the album or not but john kale appears on a lot of this somebody else does too i think i i don't remember but it's mostly woo Yep. Doing the classics. We're, we got heroin. We got pale blue eyes. We got I'm waiting for the man. We got two versions of that. Yeah. Um, And of course this is what, three years before the first Velvet Underground album comes out? Two years, I think. Two years? I think that came out in 67. Who knows? Are we who, even, check? who can even really say? I'll check. Yeah, 67. Two okay. years beforehand, but... You can see a lot of the bones here. You sure can. Um, yeah, no, this is just a fascinating sort of uh, 
historical document, I think, on, you know, one of the major American musical developments that was yet to come. Much of the, you know, the Velvet Underground sound had not yet been fully formulated. So a lot of this is just acoustic-based stuff. We read yep. strumming on guitar, John Cale, you know, singing there. And they're not really they're not really doing the thing that they will end up doing that will basically change the entire world of music. <laughs> um, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. If it, it's only 1965. Yeah. I don't even know if Bob Dylan's gone electric yet at this point. Who knows? That's how early this is. But, um, yeah, no, this is just a really interesting, cool sort of collection of uh, demos and songs that the men of good fortune that's on this i think is one of the more interesting ones because there's men of good fortune on that shows up on we reads album berlin in 73 um which is completely different from this one this is like an old sort of folk standard type thing about uh basically like a woman being fucking misused and tossed around and shit by like social expectations uh the one on berlin i don't know exactly what that one's about but it is not the same <laughs> uh okay but that's you know that's one of the more interesting uh pieces of this album but the whole thing is just super cool it is. It's a really cool. And on thing. top of that is, I mean, it's. I don't know if it's technically included in this album, but there's also the even earlier stuff from Wu. Call what the fuck is it called? I don't remember. But it's I, I like some of it's even. G Wiz. Yeah, I think it that's does only, look like a separate thing. I think that's only like four songs, right? Oh. Or it's like an, an add-on type, like a bonus sort of track list. Yeah, it doesn't... I don't even... I'm not even able to pull that up on Spotify. But really? Yeah, it's just, it doesn't have any songs listed on it. Let me look. But it does play. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's a separate that's thing. That's cool. But yeah, no, Words of Music is a really fucking cool document. I fully agree with that. Also, the acoustic version of Heroin is kind of crazy to listen to. I think it's all kind of crazy, too. But that's just me. Okay, well, I think it's <laughs> even crazier than that to listen to. <laughs> no, especially, no, like, if you are if you have familiarity with Velvet Underground or Lou Reed's later work. Oh, you know what? My, I think some fucking, something's gone with the internet right now because my Spotify's not working on anything either. Okay. Well, we will monitor that situation. We'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's a, this is a really... Not what I was expecting you to pick, but I should have, knowing what you listened to this year. <laughs> <laughs> there was another collection of early Wu Reed demos. That was, or I guess it was not early, but it was like from his uh, time working solo with RCA. From like, seven, I guess it was 72 to what, like 77, 78? And that was before Street Hassle, so it was probably like... 76 or 77 uh a lot of some of the early like uh 
solo stuff that he did off of like Transformer, off of Berlin, off of uh, Coney Island, Baby. That collection is also really cool. I thought about putting that here, but I think that this one, Words and Music, is maybe a little bit more significant. Yeah. Point to. I would agree with that. Any you want me to play? Uh, let me look. You could do Men of Good, or uh, I'm Waiting for the Man. I'm Waiting for the Man, Words and Music, Blue Ray. It's just really cool to hear this as like a weird like bluesy sort of like folk song almost. kind of sound has that similar sound quality as well these are not like yeah this they're not, not in the in the stew for this one um, the stew read okay so my number four here we're making good time on this one we're keeping this moving is blue rev by the band always always one word not always um we haven't seen always in a long time also is it always or always? I feel like it's... This is a witch situation. This is a, the witch... The Vavitch situation. Um, I say always. Whatever, though. We haven't seen them since 2017. It's been five years since the Canadian... Holy fuck. ...pop band always has graced us with their music. They've always been good. Blue Rev is fantastic, I think. Um... Yeah, this is just a full-on 14 songs. Hold on, actually, before we're done with Lou Reed, I got my, for some reason, Spotify on my laptop is not working. Um, but on my phone, I pulled up G-Wiz here. And one of, my, one of the coolest things to me uh, is he had, does a version of Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Oh, that is cool. It's not like the full song, but it's a little bit here. Let me, let me play some of it. It's, I'm just going to play the whole thing. It's like a minute long. What I would give for a Lou Reed, Bob Dylan cover album. 
All right, always, Blue Rev. This is an awesome album, I think. It is continues their sort of previous dabblings, I guess, in a whole bunch of different genres. From Did you say stablings? Dabblings. Oh. <laughs> from, like, shoegaze. There's, like, shoegaze on this album. There's, like, this sort of almost, like, aerial pink, like, hypnagogic. Hypno, hypno, how do you say that? Hypnagogic? Gogic? I'm not helping you on that one. <laughs> hypnagogic pop. You're the one that brought it. <laughs> you will have to bear that cross. Um, uh... Hypnagogic pop that they sort of used before, the shoegaze they've used before, the synth stuff they've used. But it is so, it is all just like polished to a just crystalline sheen here on Blue Rev. It is all so fucking. It's like the best shoegaze album of the year. It's the best pop album of the year. It's the best Canadian album of the year. Um. Like, they they really knocked it out of the fucking park. And, like, I honestly don't really have much to say about this, just because it's, like, it feels like every song was just, like, poured over for, like, months and months on end until they all, they finally were like, fuck it, we'll give, we'll give these peasants, these 14 to work with. Like, there's not, like, a, 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 you know, a connective, like, concept or anything like that here. It's just, like, if anything would be, then it would be a sort of, like, I would say it's a sort of like I don't know fascination with like nostalgia and memory. Um, supposedly, Blue Rev is like the name of like a cheap vodka uh, brand in Canada that the members of Always would you know when they were underage would drink and party, and mm-hmm. Blue Rev would be the choice liquor. Um, but there's a there's a little bit of a fascination with nostalgia about. Board in Bristol is a, has a very sort of like aerial pink sound to it of a sort of retro present day sort of vibe. Belinda Says is about essentially a, a teen girl who gets pregnant and sort of like what where she goes from there. Um, pharmacist about, you know, a sort of like falling out in the past that's happened with your sister. Um, but these are all just like incredibly strong like pop songs that as a good pop song should be, just really fucking easy to throw the album on and just listen to the whole thing without even realizing it. Um, definitely the best pop of the year, for sure. I want to play a little bit of Bored in Bristol. This is one of my favorites off of it. Sort of 
stuff going on there. Also, here's Pharmacist. Kicks off the album. is a great album <laughs> uh there's and yeah there's like i don't want to like make it sound like i'm diminishing like their songwriting because it's generally like all really good shit um it's all just sort of self-contained to the songs like you know um which is fine but yeah really blends a sort of like modern sensibilities and uh behaviors i guess with a sort of like nostalgic lens and i don't know it, it it's awesome it is an awesome fucking album my number three i just remembered it but i forgot fuck Ooh, he remembered but he forgot Ooh, this is a great one Su out surprise of the year right here came out of fully nowhere i started listening to this artist when this album came out and I know this isn't a great metric of popularity, but on Spotify, he had like 70,000 monthly listeners. Not a lot, relatively speaking. And now, just the other day, I was listening to this album again, and he has like 400,000, which is crazy to me. And that person is MJ Lenderman and his album that came out in April, Boat Songs. This album is fucking awesome, man. It is like this weird like fuzzed out alt country sort of deal um mj lenderman is he's from Asheville, uh north carolina uh he's the guitarist in the band wednesday who had a great song that came out this year that i might shout out later um but they're sort of like a shoegazy indie band they're really wednesday is really good um and he plays guitar for them and this is his I think second official solo album after Ghosts of Your Guitar Solo, which came out last year, I think. Did not know what he who he was until Boat Songs came out. But it is this awesome, like, just alt-country fucking, like, just normal dude songs that, like... I've never, I don't know, there, you don't really hear much, like, of this, this subject matter, like, from any artist nowadays. Um, like, the first song is about him talking about, like, the Muggle Jordan flu game. Uh, and he, the first song is called Hangover Game, and he's insisting, like, that wasn't the flu he had, man. They, they were hungover. Like, they were drinking, they had, like, a $5,000 hotel bill for, like, three people in the room or whatever. Like, that was alcohol that he was playing under. Um... Mm -hmm. And it ends with he, uh, the refrain, like, he's like, I'm, I like drinking too. <laughs> and it's like, this album is so full of, like, I'm not, like, one to be like, oh, well, I love when my art is relatable. I don't really care about that. Like, that's, like, that can be fine. 
but it's not a prerequisite for me to enjoy it. But Boat Songs is some of the most, like, just pure, like, relatable, like, unremarkable, like, sort of stuff that he has a, I, I don't know what it is. He has a, like, awesome sort of, like, gift of, he takes these, like, unremarkable situations and, like, details and stuff and turns them into songs that, like, have some, like, poignancy to them that are, is, like, sort of surprising. The last song on the album is Six Flags, which is, like, this super, like, slow core, like, scuzzy fucking thing, like, super lo-fi. Um, and it's about, like, essentially something, like, terrible happened with presumably a relationship uh, on his way to Six Flags in Texas. Uh, and he had to ride, like, the water slide and, like, the, or the log ride or whatever, I think he says, as this sort of, like, creeping, like, dread sort of, like, overcame him. And it's... He does this thing where he, like, grounds these, like, otherwise, like, sort of, like... I don't know. Substantial emotional observations with, uh... A sort of mundanity that like oh i like me i can relate to some of this shit you know like none of it feels none of it feels like something that like he's he experienced because oh he's a musician and he has like a different life than us it's like oh no he's like talking about his exes what he has the keys to his exes like suv or whatever still and like this sort of like awkward but kind of like crushing like heartbreak that <laughs> like he needs to return them uh you know tlc cage match is this awesome song about that like frames a sort of like a need to like move on in terms of like a tables ladders and chairs wrestling match in wwe um and i don't know it works dan marino is a song about he sees dan marino in the grocery store and he's looking at the Wheaties box, and he's not on it anymore. Like, he's been replaced by Tom Brady. But it's like, oh, like, like, which, like, you know, the, the sort of emotional resonance of situations like that is pretty clear whenever you just say them. But, like, it's just couched in these, like, like, it's Dan Marino. Like, he's, he's in the grocery store looking at Wheaties. Like, that situation itself does not really lend itself to any, anything of interest, but... I don't know. He has a he has a ability to write these songs in a way that is I don't know poignant more often than not. I find he he reminds me of in in terms of like the style of music he makes and like his songwriting reminds me of Jason Molina a little bit of Songs Ohio. Jason Molina was far more um what do I say <laughs> depressing <laughs> his material I guess uh, and he had a lot of you know troubles in his life going on as well mj wonderman does not seem to be in that sort of tier of uh heartache but there's a sound to him that like i i think is similar to jason molina's work and that i turns out that i really fucking like that style a lot um and boat songs again came out completely out of nowhere i saw one like tweet that was like this is the album of the year like whenever it came out at the end of april 
And I was like, oh, I've never heard this guy. The cover looks weird. It's like this weird, like, black figure and a motorcycle, like a black background. It looks like it was, it was made in, like, some knockoff, like, video game design software. Um, but what happened was I immediately took a liking to it, and I've listened to it a ton this year. It's, it's awesome. It is, it's one of my favorites this year, for sure. I would like to play... We would like to play... I'll play the song... Under Control. I think that's one of the more sort of open-hearted, sad ones on the album. One of my favorites as well. He also just has, like... The like the tone that he's he achieves with his guitar is like very distinctive, I think, but also like just sounds so fucking good. It's so like fuzzy and I don't know, so good. It's so good. Uh oh, I don't know if uh oh, I don't know if Spotify is working for me. Uh oh. Oh, this is a disaster. Can you, Damn. Can you pull it up on your device? Let me see technical difficulties no it was just working a couple minutes ago seems like it's still working for me Alrighty. righty over here thank you okay so this is under control then by uh-oh it's not working for you <gasps> well this sucks <laughs> Okay, hold on. I'm gonna pause because this episode is kind of not useful without the music. Okay, as we re- as we are recording this, whoa! Apparently, Sp- Spotify is experiencing outages, so <laughs> this is gonna be a little less seamless than it usually is. We'll make it work though. But so here's under control. A little snippet of it. Here is a little bit of TLC cage match. I might scroll ahead in this one.
like your shoulders, your hips and knees, they all hurt you. Super fucking good. Incredible album. Honestly, I love it a lot. It Any given day, it could be higher on this list, but today, it is not. It is merely my third favorite of the year. MJ Wenderman, God bless you. I can't believe he has that many listeners on Spotify. I couldn't believe that when I saw it the other day. So I was like, this guy was like basically unknown, and now it's like he has like fucking five times as many as back then. Good for him, though. He's great. Super talented. Awesome album. All right. Okay. You're number two. Okay. Number two, I think, is an album that we talked about already somehow. I don't think we have. <laughs> it is Black Country New Roads album, Ants from Up There. Did we not talk about this? No. Are you sure? I'm sure. But that's okay. coming up for me if you want to save it. Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll get to yeah. ants from up there. No, we have we definitely have not talked about it. I'm gonna keep trying Spotify. So sorry if you hear like a, a weird song break in. Um, whatever. No, we haven't talked about that, but we will in a matter of minutes. Excuse me. All right. So my number two. That's Jake's number two. Is ants from up there up here by Black Country New Road. My number two is Renaissance by Beyonce. Now, I am a fan of Beyonce's. I always have been. But her previous, what do we want to say? Five years? Really, her last like decade of work since the self-titled album has been notably fantastic, I think. Um, including the self-titled album and Lemonade, of course. And there was the one album she did with Jay-Z. I forget what that one. Black is King, I think. That one was okay. Didn't love it. But she's back. Renaissance, baby. This is a fantastic album. Front to back, back to front, side to side. It is awesome. It is Beyonce is doing house music and just pure like dance this time, which she's always, you know, had the songs that are, you know, danceable or like, you know, that you hear in the club. Um, on previous albums. Like, that's not due to her. Um, what was the one? Mike Will produced it on Lemonade. It had the weird beat. Like, womp, 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 womp. What the fuck was it? See, I can't even fucking search anything on Spotify. Useless service. My God. Um, but she's no stranger to making like songs that sort of transcend a, a radio sensibility and into the dance floor. But Renaissance is a full uh bodied sort of dive into that world of like club and house and techno that she has not done before and that if you know anything about Beyonce's work in the past, you know, however many years or dating back who even knows how long, she took you know painstaking detail to to pay homage to the past here we see a lot of stuff from like the 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 origins of house in like the 80s at like sort of the queer sort of balls in harlem and uh the clubs in detroit she pays homage to all of those through her music and brings it into a, a sort of modernized uh, immediately club friendly 
um, sound that is fucking awesome. Like, she nails it. <laughs> uh, just straight up. There are some absolute bangers on here. I wish she did not... I wish her first single was not Break My Soul off of this album. Uh, forgive me if this plays anything. Okay, it doesn't. I wish her first single was not Break My Soul because I think that is among the weaker songs on the album. It's fine. It has like a, a fun beat, like whatever. It's fine. But every there's a lot on here that is like weird and different and like fucking brings the like heat that like she should have like introduced it with or just not had a, a single she's beyonce she doesn't need a single but it doesn't matter she brings it fucking front to back like i said it's crazy there are so many like so many little moments in this album that are like great the i'm gonna play this in a little bit but the song pure slash honey amazing song has this like weird like breakdown in the middle that like goes full like 90s almost sound to it and then it returns back to a a very sort of sleek bouncy modern sound um the church girl almost like harkens back to her like destiny child's destiny's child um days with a a, a sort of harmonized like chorus um man it's good the 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 spoken word of intro to alien superstar uh please do not leave the dance like there's so many like little moments in here that are just sprinkled throughout that are just like brilliant like little touches that i don't know like every song in this album is like generally like very 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 good and like it's very up to it's hard to judge an album that is so i guess attuned to a different audience i guess in the sense of like part of the part of what makes renaissance i think a like genuinely pretty tremendous album is its presence in that sort of nightlife and in that sort of like you know the dance environments um the club environments like lemonade you can enjoy just listening to it like you know in your fucking car in your room whatever boat songs you'd never hear boat songs in a club <laughs> maybe like on a jukebox in a bar somewhere you'd, you'd catch one of them um but you know that's a song that you enjoy on your own like in your own space but part of like renaissance i think that needs to be included in its evaluation is its presence in that sort of like active space um and as a result i work you know, at a club that we have, like, you know, nights where Beyonce gets played. We don't do, like, you know, oh, it's Beyonce night, but you know what I mean. Um, we, like, I hear mixes, like, DJ mixes that include, like, pieces of these songs now since they've come out back in, like, the summer. And, like, they've already been, like, incorporated into an ongoing sort of ever-evolving, like, house scene. And it works. And it's, like, you listen to Renaissance and you're like, okay, I see what Beyonce is setting out to do. She's setting out to make this house album. Is that going to be successful? You don't know until you're in that environment and you start hearing it. And you see the people around you, the the people, you know, on the floor. Are they responding to it? And the answer has been a resounding, like, she pulled it off. Like, she fucking nailed it. Like, she knows what she's doing. Anybody who doubted her, obviously, like, you know, probably misplaced 
um, based on her body of work, but, like, she really pulled it off here, um, and it's different for her, but absolutely fucking destroyed it, like, nailed it, I, I love this album a lot, it's, I might like this better than Lemonade, like, it is, it is excellent, it doesn't, like, you know, have the sort of, like, <laughs> emotional heft of a Lemonade, let's say, obviously, a few things do, but, like, in, like, the pop music world, but Renaissance just nails what it tries to do, and it's one of those albums that, like, it dropped, listened to it, and almost immediately I was like, okay, house music is going to be the next sort of, like, influence that's incorporated into pop. Like, you know, we said earlier, like, indie has, like, fascinate, has had a fascination with, like, disco and synth for a while, and I'm not necessarily suggesting that, that you know, indie artists aren't going to make, like, you know, mixes and shit like that, but, which, that would be kind of weird, but for pop music, like, this is, I think, clearly the direction that it's going, and, you know, that's the power of Beyonce, is just to sort of put us on that track, but also, I don't really know who's going to top this, that, you know, follows in her footsteps, like, this is a, just a fantastic piece of work. Here is my favorite one off the album. I'll only play one because it's a longer song that has, like, two parts to it that I want to highlight. Um, it is called Pure Slash Honey. Alright. I might skip a little bit so of, of this, so I don't, you know. Also, great sample here of the song Cunty by Kevin Aviance of the uh, New York ball scene. Um, that is a great song also, but great use of it here. Check my technique Coming from my technique You wanna feel my technique It's pure Bad bitches to the left Money bitches to the right You can be both Meet in the middle, dance all night Take it all off Or just a little if you like It's pure It should cost a billion to look this good But she make it look easy Cause she got it Check my technique Just speaking from experience the You hear the bad bitches to the left A lot When you go out at night now <laughs> Oh no, we can. When you go out to clubs, you hear that a lot, and you know what? It fucking hits every single time. I'm like, oh yeah, they're playing this fucking song. Like, let's go. Um, there is a yeah. Let me see if I can see if I can get to where I want to be in the song. Okay. Pretty boys to the floor. Uh, get your money, 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 money. Be funny, my money, honey. Don't my girls look so gimme, gimme. All them boys want my honey for me. Bad bitches to the left. Money bitches to the right. You can be both, meet in the middle, dance all night. Take it all off, or just a little if you like. So fucking good. 
great fucking song. Um, yeah, Renaissance is a absolute banger. Is it still me? Am I still up for my number one? Yeah. My number one is Ants from Up Here by Black Country New Road. All right, are we talking about it? No, we're skipping it. <laughs> okay. All right, you intro us with it. Share some of your thoughts while I pull up some stuff on YouTube. Real quick, what song should I bring up? Uh, oh, Christ. Um, Actually, I'll just bring up the album. Probably, I mean, hey, look. Hey. They're all good. You're damn right. <laughs> well, okay, so this is the second album from... Okay, I got the whole album up, so we're good. Black Country, New Road. Uh, we've talked about them before. Yes. Quite a lot, actually, on this podcast for how sort of non-prolific they are so far. <laughs> um, but this is, their first album was called For the First Time. It came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. This album, Ants From Up There, came out the start of 2022, around like February or January-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um... And, oh my god, my laptop is running out of battery. I gotta close the NBA tab. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't really know where to... There's kind of a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. (laughs) Um, And a lot of it, I think, is worth talking about. Should also be mentioned here. Look, this album, not to to spoil anything, but this album, the discussion about this album might lead directly into my next one. My ne- my number one pick here, but okay, interesting. We'll get there when we get there. But should be noted here that this is also the last album that we're going to get from this band in the incarnation that we hear. Yes, on this because, like, right after this album came out, then the lead vocalist Isaac Wood yes um, announced that he was leaving the band. Yeah, it was. They're a... still together, but. It was essentially along the lines Sands of, like, him. he was the main, from what I understand, he was the main, he was the primary vocalist and singer, as Jake said, and he was also, like, the main songwriter. Um, and my understanding is more or less that he left because it was a draining experience for him to be, you know, doing, making the music that they were making and then performing it and... It sounded like he just needed to separate himself from that for, you know, mental health reasons or, you know, personal reasons, whatever it may be. Something, whatever, along those lines. But point being, Isaac Wood, the voice of Black Country New Road, as we sort of are familiar with it, is no longer going to be a part of the band. The band is currently continuing to exist, and they have been touring, and there have been leaked sort of performances of new songs that have been coming out. And so they are going to still continue to exist, just in a different fashion. Um, and this is, so this is sort of the last of that era, which is kind of crazy to call it an era because it spent, it lasted for barely a year. <laughs> I thought, and they were around before their first album came out. I guess they were. But yeah, I mean, you listen to Ants from Up There, and I kind of get why Isaac Wood left. <laughs> I kind of am like... Yeah, you know, there's a hell of a lot of very personal sort of, like, anxieties and fears and hopes and experiences that are poured into here. 
which is not, you know, not like, you know, the first, their first album had that as well. But the first album also, I think, was a lot more stylized in the direction of like, uh, what do I want to say? Into a direction that wasn't as emotionally bare, I guess. Not bare, uh, emotionally exposed, I should say. Like, Sunglasses has, like, you know, snippets and pieces, but ultimately, like, it works as, like, a sort of hectic, sort of ironic, like, fuck-all freak-out. And, you know, Science Fair has, like, a sort of perverse... um, angle to it as well to its songwriting to its lyrics um but ultimately you get the sense that these aren't really things that isaac wood has done or experienced or anything like that there's snippets of it though on the first album but for the second one this feels like a direct product of him or you know for the most part him and a very real sort of like emotional vulnerability happening on this album that a lot of times is pretty fucking fantastic i think um and creates some really stunning moments they sort of moved their first album was akin to a black midi album i think you would you would say they toured together friends in sound they sort of did this like post-rock not post-rock, uh, sort of like proggy, math-rocky type of thing that you were seeing, like, Squid do and Black Midi do, like I said. And this one sort Squid. of opens things up into a very different direction, musically. I mean, they're still, they're still like, very, very talented musicians in this band, but it's a lot more... This one has a lot more sort of a post-rock sort of vibe to it. There's a lot more... Uh, pastoral sort of like vibe going on here it isn't as much of like oh let's like fucking play as fast and as complicated as we can it's more like hey we're gonna like hold on to these like really pretty ass like sounds for a while (laughs) but also like it has a sort of experimental streak as well like snow globes essentially devolves into like a multi-minute like just drum solo in the middle of this like otherwise very placid and slow building song and basketball shoes the last song on the album is like a three act fucking suite that has like an emo song in the middle and a full-on like post-rock like climax finale that's like pretty mind-blowing to like behold so they still have like that experimentalism is there but it's definitely, like, I saw a lot of people when this came out compare it to, like, Arcade Fire, like, style music. I don't know how you would characterize Ar- Arcade Fire's, like, style. I mean, it's just, you know, pure, like, early 2000s, like, indie rock yeah, type stuff. And I think that's... Maybe not totally accurate, but I think also not a bad, like, touchstone for this, the style they're working in now. Especially, like, Funeral by Arcade Fire, I think is the most accurate 
comparison. I don't even know if I would, you know. I don't think that's necessarily like the closest album to this thing, but like in terms of sound, is like not that gets you in the same zip code. I think. Yeah, I could see that. I guess. Um, I think that this. I, so I have sort of complicated feelings about this album. I have it, you know, on my number two of the year. So I, I obviously, you know, think it's pretty excellent real quick i was wondering if we would have a repeat of last year where we had the same album of the year where last year's was in the next part of the dream by paranormal oh yeah for both of us i forgot about that i was wondering if we'd both because i know we both listened to this one and i know we both liked this band a whole lot so i was wondering if we would have a similar case of it was both our number ones surprise surprisingly it isn't so that's cool yeah, I know. I think this is obviously like an excellent album. I think it's fairly self, excuse me, self-evident the sort of quality of it. Like yeah. it, it, I think a very little explication is needed on like why this album is good. It's just like just listen to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do sort of have complicated feelings because I think. And I hate to fucking be the guy that keeps bringing this shit up. I think that this band is all, for at least me, this band is always going to be chasing the high of Sunglasses, the single version, and Science Fair. Which is like... Interesting. I think, like, when For the First Time came out, then, you know, I think that it was a great album. Um... Yes. It was clearly just sort of a, a grab bag of different kind of styles and different interests that the band wanted to, like, put on, like, an LP and get out there, get their name on it. Th- this album is, like, far more cohesive. Yes, in 100%. Pre- pretty much every single way. Um, but the kind there's kind of an energy to, for the first time, that is exciting it's it's like an energy of like infinite possibilities and even so i was sort of just like i guess the my the expectations i had saddled with it were kind of astronomic based on the singles that had come out so inevitably i was never going to meet it up meet up to it but i didn't like how they changed sunglasses i didn't really think that some of the other non some of the other new songs on it were really like making as big of an impact and i was like okay like this is like fine as like a uh like a beta test or like a like a proof of concept basically i think we may have said that directly answer up there is like you know this is what they were testing for yeah, this is this is like the <laughs> the first like real run but, like, I do find myself be, like, like sort of wishing that the kind of uh, excitement from, you know, two years ago was still around. I mean, like, you know, granted, Sunglasses and Science Fair, probably two of, like, the best songs made in the past, I don't know, 30 years or so. Um, maybe that's just me. I might ag- uh, I might agree with you on science fair, <laughs> but they're both like fucking like they are. I mean, they're both 
excellent. Science Fair really is a fucking fantastic song, though. Here's what I'll say. This is like a... It's like a Talking Heads type thing, I think, where they're, like, speaking in tongues. It's like, this is, like, a better collection of songs than Remain in White, but Remain in White is just such a better album. And I think Answer Up There and For the First Time, kind of a similar dynamic. Well, which one's which in that comparison? Answer Up There is, like, Remain in White. I fully agree with that, yes. Um, I, yeah. not a, That's not a bad comparison, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, burning down the house. Granted, Remain in White. Maybe. Still, <laughs> we're not in a Remain in White suite, okay? Yeah, we're just... Before we're anybody, a little get, before anybody gets... There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's a bad comparison. Because, yeah, as a, like, coherent or cohesive, like, work. Because that's something I value a lot in albums is... Yeah. I coherence like some semblance of like a thematic or a, a sonic unity to what's happening and answer up there is so like pitch perfect on that front in like every regard like they which is really impressive because it starts out basically immediately with a very different sound with the song chaos space marine awesome song to kick it off but a very, very different sound than what we got on for the first time. Um, but from there, everything makes sense to you. There's no songs on here that you're like, well, that's kind of weird that they included that. Like, that one didn't fit. Whereas I can look at some song, like, you know, frankly, like, sunglasses didn't really fit on for the first time, I don't think. <laughs> like, if you, if you look at it as, like, an album, as a total work, answer them up there, Every song, I feel like, is so perfect, like, musically. Um, they all fit together into a, this sort of, like, more pastoral, more, like, chamber pop, like, chamber rock sort of, like, style that suits them well, given the amount of people in the fucking band. Um, emotionally, like, every song is, like, part of this just, like, really raw, like, oh, like picture that they're, like, putting together. Like, it all fits together so, 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 like, fantastically. Mm -hmm. Through some, like, really, like, you know, through some, like, really experimental shit. Like I said, like, Snow Globes, like, could have been, like, what the fuck is this? Like, like, drum solo shit. Like, what is this? But, like, it maintains... I don't know how they pulled it off. I don't really have the, like, the vocabulary to be able to explain why it works, but it does. And, like, Basketball Shoes, as the closer... As the finale for Isaac Wood is, like, as, you know, pitch perfect as it could have been. Like, I think it's the emotion, like, that ties it together more than, like, anything conceptually. Is like, the album sort of just becomes a total, like, portrait of essentially, like, I don't know, like, being this sort of, like, very complicated and very bittersweet act of like i don't know being like a young person in the world in like 2023 or 2022 i guess is when this came out <laughs> and, every, and very things are very different now a year later but no i think like that's kind of like the the picture that it all sort of tries to paint is like being this like this very complicated but very like real and very like vulnerable picture of what it means to be means to be young a young person now 
in terms of relationships relationships show up a lot on this um in terms of like pop culture in terms of like you know mistakes you've made like there's like i don't know it's very real i guess I said relatable. I talked about relatability with MJ Lenderman. This is relatable in a very different way. <laughs> this is not like, oh yeah, I love basketball, man. I love like the flu game. Hell yeah, they were drunk instead. Like whatever. This is not like that relatability. This is like a, uh, like oh, like the place where he inserted the blade. Right is a song about essentially Being stabbed. Yeah, essentially like helping a friend who you may or may not have deeper feelings for like through a sort of traumatic experience whether that was another a sort of you know bad relationship a toxic relationship or whatever it may be um and the sort of very complicated feelings that come about in trying to be that person's uh support and it's like that's like a that's a very specific like sort of like mood or emotion to sort of like drill into but it ends up being something that's like yeah dude like this is a fucking <laughs> relatable song and like like from whatever perspective of the song you want to take here whether it's you know the person being you know spoken to in the song or whether it's the singer's perspective the narrator's perspective uh like that's throughout the whole album is like these little these very these i don't know they hit like a universal sort of like emotionality that like that i I would be curious what an older person thinks of this album i guess because a lot of it is is very like i don't know like black country new road like peppers in these like very specific references to like modern society like billy eilish is like is a recurring character is a recurring character (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Goodwill Hunting uh, is about you know a, a a a girl that you know our narrator has the fancy of, and she has Billie Eilish style, is how she's described, <laughs> which is a really funny like way to say it. But it's also like he says that, and it's like I know immediately the girl he's talking about. Like I know exactly, exactly who this person is. Um, and Charlie XCX is referenced in the final song in Basketball Shoes in a m- maybe more perverse way than <laughs> the, a lot of the other references Isaac makes on this, um, where she is evidently the subject of his wet dreams. Um, but it's shit like that, man, that like, it's like, even if you like haven't literally experienced the sort of situations and the experiences that he's singing about then it's like okay like yeah i i can it does not take a a lot for me to imagine this you know um that's i think that's what keeps the album together i think that's what ties every single album or song here to one another is a sort of like emotional register that it's working in Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Billy Eilish style was also referenced on the song Concord. That's funny. I didn't. I don't think I ever realized. <laughs> but it's funny. It works. There's a on the on their first album. What was the? 
he wrote the Nutribullet or whatever the the Danish TV show drama like whatever yep. the fuck like I love those little details that like they they sprinkle in that of like oh yeah they are actually a real person in the same world as me right now like these are not like far fetched figures and like sort of uh, you know points of reference that they're making like these are stuff this is stuff that I can understand and that I also have feelings about. <laughs> I think it could risk getting a little too cute, but so far it really has not. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, I agree. Also, do we want to talk about basketball shoes? I mean, I don't know what there is to That is such really a get into crazy them. fucking song. I mean, just <laughs> It is a crazy song. Like it is like a three-parter. I think I already said like three part like sweet, basically. Middle is like this emo Midwest emo thing. The first one is this like softer sort of like keeping in line with like the previous song Snow Globes and like that sort of type of rock and ends on this just insane emotional climax of Isaac like you know, having wet dreams about Charlie X. Like, it's crazy to say that out loud and be like, yeah, this is actually a fucking great song. But, like, I don't know. Like, there's some, I don't know, there's some real shit about it. <laughs> also, it ends with him sort of signing off from the band, um, I think, in a way that a lot of people, or a lot of people took the lyrics to be him, you know, explaining why he was leaving. He says, um, his final verse is, uh, all I've been forms the drone. We sing the rest. Your generous loan to me, your crippling interest. Uh, I think that's been pretty commonly read to mean, you know, your generous loan. Hey, shout out to the fans. Uh, you know, you guys gave me sort of like, you know, this platform, this ability to do art. And unfortunately, now there are expectations that you guys that are sort of crushing me. Your crippling interest. Um, and so signs off from the band that way. I don't know. I think Basketball Shoes is a fantastic song. Basketball Shoes might be my favorite song they've ever done. More so than Science Fair, even. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Hands From Up There is an awesome fucking album, man. Yep. I, uh... I think it's probably my favorite of the 2020s so far. Better than my other two. It's no rough and rowdy ways, but what is? I ask. It's it's great. It it is an excellent one. Do we want to play any? I guess we should play some snippets from it. I yeah, kind of give them a spin. What would be a good one? Here. Uh, I think Goodwill Hunting is probably a... do Concord. I guess that's that was like the lead single. Was it? I think so. Okay. Pulling it up on YouTube, so be patient, please. <laughs> we are trying our best. Should have probably had this set up before, but... Well, I did, but then I left the app, and... Okay. Well, that's on you. Okay, so this is a few minutes into Concord. Less than a moment 
that song. I will also play a little bit from the end of the last part of Basketball Shoes as well. All right, here's the last part of the album. Isaac is singing about his wet dreams. Been a theme so far this year with uh, wet legs and now this. Kind of cool. Hey. Kind of cool. Tremendous, tremendous climax for this album. Uh, yeah, no, that album really fucking hit home for me in a lot of ways. And yeah, I think it's really special. I think, you know, whatever Black Country New Road does from here on out, no matter how good it is, it's going to sound, it's going to be different for sure. But, uh, Answer Up There is a really fucking powerful album, I think. And, really special i think so that's my number one jake's number two yep and number one on my short list here let's hear it i'm curious um i know what i just said about how i prefer how i value albums that are take some sort of cohesion to them because you know that uh, should be treated as a as a complete work. Um, well, throw that out the window here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number one is "I Love You, Jennifer B." by Jockstrap. Wow. <laughs> really? I haven't listened to this, but I've heard it's great. It's so good. Yeah, you know because. Here's the connective gonna, tissue yeah, here. There we go. This is a uh, duo of uh, like an experimental electronic music duo um, made up of. What the fuck are their names? Oh my god. Wikipedia, help me out. Oh my god. Oh my god. Did we resume? Okay, we did. <laughs> yeah, hey, settle down. That would have been Of uh, Georgia Ellery and Taylor Sky. That's right. Georgia Ellery, of course, for those that snoop around, she is one of the key uh, members of Black Country New Road. Wow. Look at that. I didn't, 
completely unintentional connective tissue there on this podcast. Look at that. We're so well, good I don't at this. Know. I mean, that was intentional. Well, no, I mean, because of mine went right into yours. Well, mine was also the same as yours. Yeah, but I didn't know this was your number one. Okay. That was happenstance. Funny how these things work out. Anyway, yeah. so I love you, Tell me about the, it. This is their first uh, full LP, I think. Um, yeah, no, this is just like a... Remember all the shit that I said about, like, for the first time, about Black Country New Road, how that was, like, a good proof of concept, but it didn't really hang together as an album as well? Mm-hmm. This is also, this is a better proof of concept because it does hang together. Damn. Better. And it's just the, the, the like grab bag sort of the eclecticism of it, I think, pays off or is a lot lot better realized here Um, because it's a mix of just like, because Georgia Ellery does some vocals um she's also a, a classically trained like violinist or something yeah, like that i thought she i thought that's her that was her role in black country yeah, yeah. and taylor sky is a like electronic music producer um i believe that the two of them like met at like music school or whatever fucking like british shit they were doing um and formed this band together I don't know exactly what the timeline is for them if they formed up before Black Country um, or what, how that lined up. But basically, you know, concurrently, these two things were running. These two projects were going on. Everything Georgia Ellery touches I know. turns Look, to gold. She's, they're, these two are geniuses. <laughs> like, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I need to listen to this. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I mean, I've been meaning. I I saw it talked about a lot when because it, it came out not long ago, right? Like in September. November, September. Okay. Yeah. So relatively recently, I listened to it like last week, whenever I was doing wow all the catch up for the shit. Which not the way I like. This is my own problem, but <laughs> I should not be like shotgunning all these fucking albums. Yeah. In like a week. <laughs> it I. It's I tell a, I tell Jake there's a lot of good music that comes out like still <laughs> like you know you can say you know you can say what you will about movies there's a lot of good music being made every like current day it it, it does it is worth keeping up on some of it <laughs> um but of that sort of flurry that I I went through this is the one that really knocked me fucking on my ass um play uh dj play play a bit of it play first start off with 50 50 extended mix i think that this may have been one of the first songs from the album to get um some sort of uh publication uh this is like more of this skews much more towards like i guess what one would traditionally consider like electronic like techno music i'm gonna be honest based on Everything you've already, you've said about this album, I have no idea what this is gonna sound like. <laughs> like I have, and my knowledge of like Georgia Ellery as like a violinist and like classically trained music, like I have no clue what this is gonna sound like. I think fifty fifty here is 
as probably as conventional as it gets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're here, ready to go. Tell me when to cut off. Also, I, I might have to leave that up to your intuition. Okay. I mean, that was cool, but I would not ever peg you for listening to this kind of music. It's so fucking good. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. I I want to go listen to the rest of that song, like, right now to see where the hell it goes. That was cool. <laughs> All right, and then now, see it now, the beautiful thing is here. I'm going to ask you to play Concrete Over Water, Okay. which is, uh, this is the reason why I, I sort of wanted to withhold the surprise here. Um, because I think that this is probably the my song of the year. Oh, word. Yeah, so okay. I didn't want to drop that one at the start. My laptop's going to fucking die. i got to close this shit. So yeah, you can start Concrete Over Water here and sort of get a sense of kind of the range of the dynamic range, you know, to borrow a ph- photographic term here. Okay. All right, this is Concrete Over Water. This one was a bit of a... Uh, more of a build up to it so hey we'll let it run we're we're good on time we're almost done with this anyway so we're doing well really quick and i've heard you know all of one minute now of a jockstrap song i cannot really peg down what this sounds like like influences i want to say like hyper pop but not really oh fuck i've read a thing i read a thing guys i want like parts of that first one i was like oh bjork not quite bjork laptop's laptop's dead gotta go to the phone all right jake's doing a little bit of research i can't really pin down something that that again just you know that was 60 seconds of a song you know listening to the whole thing i might be like oh yeah this is you know, Stereo Lab or whatever influences Aphex Twin, whatever. Um, that was very unique. 
that did not quite fit into anything I was expecting or had heard really before. I guess Hyperpop probably the closest. You know what? I'm going to have a hard time finding something. I remember I read like an interview with them uh, back when I listened to this album and they talked about some of the things that they were, you know, uh, drawing inspiration from. And some of it was so fucking interesting to me. Like, it's just... Yeah? Like, yeah. what was it? I mean, give me... Well, fucking, I don't remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can find the uh, interview. You can let this run here. The song? Okay, yeah, we'll revisit. Yeah. I live in the city Towers blue and the sky is black I feel the night I sit, it's on my back On my back It makes me cry This European air, I swear it does thinking of sweet trip not what i was thinking what i was trying to remember what i was trying to remember and you know maybe uh, has has not maybe aged particularly well since the time that this album came out but i remember them mentioning reading something about how they had really loved donda <laughs> really yeah <laughs> how are they how Kanye West Donda came out and was not, you know, 
lighting it up critically yet, but they were like, we love this fucking album. They were and right. I, they were I right. was going to say, and I was like, right there with them. Yeah. As we remember, <laughs> I think Donda was my number two last year. It was like top five for me. So, That's funny. I would not have. Huh. I was going to say Sweet Trip. I don't know if you've ever listened to Sweet Trip, but like their early like Velocity. I forget what the fuck the album's called. Um, Excuse me. Velocity Design, something like that. Um, like, this sort of glitchy, but also, like, very, I don't know, pop-minded. I don't know. Fucking cool. Like, whatever <laughs> it is. I, I, I like what I've heard. That's how... Okay, I mean, here's a question. I mean, how, like, far into, like, noise and experimentation does it get on this album? Or do they, or do they stay sort of like in the realm of like a pop song? Um, I don't exactly know how to answer that because like, uh, I mean, it seems. I mean, I mean, they like, seem like they are very much doing their own thing, regardless. Yeah, I mean, it, the it the closest it comes to like, you know, conventional song design is like dubstep tracks from that like from like you know the heyday of like dubstep yeah. um wow. which is fucking crazy but it's like all re- been, obviously like been repurposed into different styles in different ways and the whole album is like every song feels like it's like shooting off into a different direction like this is like dramatically different from 50 50 yeah um and every other song is like doing its own thing some of them are more like Ellery's like sort of production uh yeah some of them are more electronically dominated some of them are a nice mix of like like concrete or water like of vocals of like pop melodies with electronic technological designs I don't know it's fucking cool that's really cool I'm awesome. I'm gonna probably I might listen to this tonight after this movie I watch or whatever. Like, I'm I'm in. I'm hooked now. I see it. I see the vision. That's cool. I would have never in a million years <laughs> guessed that Jake. If you saw what Jake's fucking, if Jake did the last FM fucking monthly chart shit, and you saw what he listened to, you would have never guessed something that sounds like this would be his number one for 2022. That's cool though. Um. Damn. Yeah, that's cool. Not not at all what I was expecting. Okay. So that does it for the albums then, right? Unless you have anything you want to add for Jockstrap or Black Country. Uh, I remembered some shout-outs. Yeah, go ahead. Mentions. Yeah. There's a new Joyce Manor album that came out this year. It sounds like a Joyce Manor album. Um, Which is a good thing. There was that Pup album earlier in the year. I liked that one a lot. Um, That was probably my least favorite of theirs but oh really yeah. i guess i haven't really listened to much pup either um but still you know pup is cool yeah uh there's another one that i fucking can't remember ah well okay and there was a lot of shit that i wanted to listen to that i didn't get around to before yeah actually i want to shout out actually i'll include this for songs because 
I there was there were some albums that I was like if I listened to this more, then I know it probably would have cracked my top ten. Like SZA's album that came out back in December, sort of under the, under the gun of twenty twenty two, is really good. I only listened to it once though. If I gave it more time, probably would have been in my top ten. Steve Lacey came out with an album called Gemini Rights back in like the spring that I did not hear a single snippet from until about two or three weeks ago. And I was like, you know what? I really deprived myself of this because I think I would probably really like this whole album. Um, so shout out to those two, I guess. Um, yeah, th- but that happens every year, you know. Getting into songs, there's a couple that I just want to play pieces of. Um, and then, you know, I'll cap off with my song of the year. And Jake, you can include any that you want as well. But this song by Steve Lacey actually is the one that I heard, and I was like, oh, I think I may have missed actually something really special. <laughs> it is uh, called Bad Habit. Let me get the recorder back up here. The recorder. Alright, so this is uh, Bad Habit by Steve Lacey off of the album Gemini Writes, an album that I still haven't listened to the whole thing of. But the song is really fucking good. folks incredibly talented musician say what you will about anything else about it which i don't really know why you would frankly (laughs) (laughs) seems like a great guy um extraordinarily talented he was a member of the internet for most Mm -hmm. of the last decade he's been producing stuff for years now his last whole album i liked a lot um but just never got around to gemini rights and i blame the title and my own you know ignorance because i was like oh i don't know this is like uh, do Gemini's need rights type of like bullshit I, I'm like okay whatever and I thought you know maybe that's sort of the angle he's taken here so I just never listened to it and I think I missed out on something really good <laughs> so I will be correcting that in early 2023 because I think that is a fucking awesome song um another shout out is the song Sick World by the artist Midwife she makes what she is described as not heavy metal but heaven metal Oh. which is a more you you may be able to tell from what you hear but is a more uh what do i want to say a more sort of ethereal but still very very heavy sort of like in mood and subject but very ethereal in sound and uh sick world is an awesome song shout out to my friend gus turned me on to midwife this year 
Um, also, it's a very slow song, so, like, you know, just enjoy it. Okay, this is Sick World by Midwife. very nice um no shout out to midwife she's making really fucking cool stuff um let me see are there any other songs i want to shout out there's songs i want to shout out but not really anymore i want to play other than my number one song of the year unless jake do you have any that you want me to throw on quick that we either uh, haven't touched on or that you think deserve some moment look uh, listening to the albums is a uh concerted effort listening to songs happens by happenstance and i certainly was not just listening to contemporary music <laughs> this year so what no what the fuck is wrong with this guy <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough my song of 2022 is Runner by Alex G off of the album God Save the Animals. I think this may bar, like, pound for pound, measure for measure, this might be my favorite Alex G song ever. And I think that album is probably going to be on my, like, you know, all my... <laughs> in 10 years when i look back at 2022's music which i inevitably will do then god save the animals will be much higher on this list for me as it is it just missed the cut but runner is a, a just extraordinary song i think and the whole album is really fucking great but here he is i think this is the best work that he's ever done it was the second single off the album the first one was like this weird like almost electronic like instrumental called blessing um and then this came out and this one had to grow on me i heard it once and i was like oh that's not like you know an alex g song like whatever like i mean i'm into it like because i like him but there was a 
hot minute in the lead up to God Save the Animals coming out where I listened to this song probably close to like a hundred times. <laughs> where I was just like, I can't stop listening to this shit, man. Um, so here it is. Alright, this is Runner by Alex G. I like to think that that is a song, a love song between two animals. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of songs on that album that are written from the perspective of a dog. Cool. Um, no, I love that song. Um, it was short, so I decided to play the whole thing. Uh, all right. Is there anything else we need to cover? Any musicians we've missed? Hey, any music coming? How the out? fuck am I talking oh, and doing fuck. this at the same time? Oh my uh, God. well, part of that's part. Sorry. That was... <laughs> All right. All right. Slip of the finger there. When you're working on YouTube instead of goddamn Spotify, then margin for error has to exist. Um, Any music coming out you're looking forward to? Nope. Yeah. Just kidding. The new Bob Doan bootleg comes out at the end of January. Oh, that's cool. Time out of mind. I can't fucking wait. John Cale has new music coming out. That's true. Shame has a new album coming out soon very excited for that one um yeah 
2022 was a very, very, very good year for music, I think. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe that new, maybe we'll see a new Black Country New Road album. That'd be kind of crazy. Have you heard, listened to any of their, uh, new, new things that are not actually released, but are out there nonetheless? No. Some of it sounds really fucking good. Pretty cool. Alrighty. Alright. So that's our music. Goodbye.